Hello, NBC family. What a joy is to be with you this morning to share the message. We've been uh, through Luke during this season, and as Dave has said uh, many times, it has been amazing how relevant is the scripture that we're going through during this time. Um, and just to give you an example, I wanted to share with you something that happened to me the same day that I was told that I was going to be with you here today. Uh, that was a few weeks ago. And the same day that I was given the date, a member from the third service called me. And I want you to hear what she said. Uh, and she wasn't curious she wasn't wondering what was happening. She was really afraid. She was, uh, you can hear in the tone of her voice that um, the things that were going on her mind uh, were making her very anxious, um, very afraid, very um, not knowing what is going to happen with the future. So this is what she said. She told me, Pastor, Everything that is happening this year, starting with the COVID, and then everything else that is happening during these days. Um, during that time, there was a huge earthquake in Central America. Um, you probably heard there was like a, like a cloud that was coming from Africa to United States, and it was very scary. <laughs> it seemed like it was sand, or it, it was a huge cloud that it was going to cover um, the eastern portion of the United States. And at the same time, you had also the grasshoppers that were in Africa as well. And she told me, this reminds me of what Moses went through in the Old Testament, and everything that is happening, everything that is happening with uh, Floyd and, and his death and all the riots that were happening at the time, she was very concerned and she asked me this question. She said, Pastor, are we living in the end of times? Are these the end times? And I told her sister, you really want to know the answer? And she said, yes, pastor, please tell me. Whatever it is, please, I need to know right now. And I said, sister, are you sitting right now? And she said, no, 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 but let me, let me take a seat. And then I told her, pay close attention what I'm going to tell you. Grab a piece of paper and grab a pen so you can write everything that I'm going to say. And in the same way, I want to tell you to pay close attention of the message of today. Because I believe that what God wants to tell us right now, He can change how we live our days from here on uh, and ahead. So pay close attention to what the scripture are going to show us today. And that's what I told the sister. Pay close attention to this answer. And she goes, yes, pastor, tell me. And I say, sister, 
I have no idea if these are the end times or not. I really don't know. I cannot tell you if it is or if it's not. Even Jesus says in the Bible that he had no idea that only the Father in heaven was the one that knew the exact time. So we cannot tell you if these are the end times or not. Uh, nobody can, in fact. But uh, this same question that the sister was asking me, I'm sure you have asked yourself during this season. I have also asked myself that question. And this is not new because the, the disciples were also asking the same question to Jesus. Last week, we left on Luke 21, verse 7. And this is uh, what it says in that verse. It says, And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And here is the answer. The answer that Jesus gave them. <laughs> I love Jesus, I got to tell you that, because he didn't give gave them a date, or he didn't say, um, when you are this old, or, I don't know, in 2050 is when all these are going to happen, and the second coming will be at that time, because he didn't want them to focus in that area. He's going to tell them about certain signs uh, that are going to happen during the season, uh, and that's, he does that just because he wants us to be aware, like uh, Pastor Dave said last week. He wants us to be aware, but he doesn't want us to obsess with these uh, signs. Because as humans, we tend to look for signs in, in, instead of looking for God. But pay close attention how Jesus answered to his disciples, because I think that's going to help us in a huge way to be able to find out in this season and every season, how are we supposed to live? Um, he told them five different things that I want to share with you today. The first three are things that Jesus says, do not do. And the last two that I'm going to share is things that Jesus says, go ahead and do, especially during a season of crisis, just like the one that we're living right now. So let's look at the answers and see what Jesus told them at that time and what Jesus is telling us to don't do and do during the, this season. The first verse, Luke 21, 8. He says the following. He replied, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name. So watch out. Do not be deceived. Um, and I think it has two implications in this area. Because, yes, we know that people are going to come in different churches or different cults and are going to say, I am now the Christ, and I have come to redeem uh, uh, the whole humanity. Um, and we have seen different samples uh, throughout the last decade or so, or, or maybe even more, where people have come to the light saying, I am the Christ. 
And what God is telling us is do not follow these people. Because when Jesus comes for a second time, it's going to be like a closing and opening of our eyes. And then we're going to be caught up in heaven. So it's, it's going to take even by surprise to so many people. So if somebody says, I am the Christ, he's telling you, do not follow them. But I want you to look closely at the word Christ, the Messiah. And here is what I think sometimes we do that we have to be also very careful. In different situations, especially when we are in crisis, we tend to put our faith in people. And we tend to have people in a pedestal uh, pretending that they're going to really save us from the situation that we're in. So remember, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived by those people. Don't put your trust in those people. Even if they offer a solution for what you're going through your life, uh, it's totally different when you put the whole trust in them than when you say, God, I trust you in this situation that I'm going through. And he might use different people to be able to help you to get out of the situation that you're going through. But you're not putting the trust in people. You're putting your trust in God, and that he's going to provide different, uh, maybe he's going to surprise you in a very different way, something that you didn't even expect, something that you didn't even imagine to be able to get out of the situation that you are in right now. I know during this season, a lot of people have lost their jobs, or even everything has been upside down. We have started the new season with the kids going to school, and instead of going to a classroom, they're going to the living room watching uh, their teacher through their iPads or computers. And everything has changed during this season. Um, but remember, we have to put, no matter what the situation is around us, we have to put our trust in God and not in people, even if they tell you that they're going to save you out of the situation that you're facing right now. So let's trust God, put all of our faith, and do not be deceived by these people. That's the first one. Do not be deceived. Look what it says also in the same verse um, in, in the Bible. It says, um, claiming that I am he, and that the time is near. Do not follow them. So the next answer that Jesus is telling them is, do not follow these people. Now, let me, let me tell you something. Um, something very practical that you can do. If you're putting your trust in people that you think are going to save you, if, even if you're following those people in Twitter or Instagram, stop following them. You can unfollow their Instagram account and instead start following God. Now, God doesn't have an Instagram account, but 
he does have stories. <laughs> and you can find those stories in, in the Bible. <laughs> he doesn't have Instagram, but you can follow Jesus and everything that he did while he was with us. So going to the Word and start looking for the stories, instead of spending time, you know, time and time going to the stories that you can find in social media, start spending a little bit of time watching out, checking out the stories that we can find in the Bible. And look for Jesus in every situation, in every verse that you, that you read in the Bible. Look, look how he responded to certain situations. Look um, the way that he acted. Look the way that he responded. Look how he presented uh, himself. Look how he reacted to people that were against him. And how he helped people in different situations through their life. Look for Jesus. Let's start following Jesus in the world. So we don't need an Instagram account. God doesn't need an Instagram account. He already had, has his word where we can follow him. So instead of following different people and instead of uh, putting everything, the trust in them, we need to start following more God, especially during this season. Let me tell you a little story that happened to my daughter. She gave me permission to share this with you today. Um, during this season... She had a dream. You see, she, she works in the wedding industry. She has been there for many years. And one of the things that she loves to do is uh, wedding events. And she also sells um, all the wedding dresses and all that. Um, well, a lot of people have been canceling their weddings during this season. So she wanted to do something very special. She wanted to have a dream wedding giveaway. She found this couple that they were going to get married during this season. They were going to have their dream wedding, and they were not able to because of what, what is going on. Um, to make matter worse, uh, the, the, the wife-to-be was expecting. And because of all the fin financial troubles and everything that is going on right now, she lost her baby. Um, so it was a very difficult situation for them. So she had, my daughter, she had a dream to be able, even during this season, to be able to provide them uh, with everything that they need, everything paid, um, but have a beautiful, like a dream wedding, especially uh, that they were having these problems financially. So she had this dream. Now, somebody, one of these uh, influencers that you can find now in social media uh, found, found out that she was going to do this. And she contacted my daughter and she said, Erica, I want to support you 100%. I am doing a dream tour uh, throughout California and I'm going to be in San Francisco and I want to meet with you so you can tell me a little bit more about this. So she went she met with this person and shared the dream. And he said, yes, I want to help you. This is the way that we're going to help you. You talk to the vendors to make sure you reduce all the prices and they can also be part of this dream wedding. And everything else, all the expenses that you need to do for this wedding, I'm going to cover. So she was so happy that that was happening. 
she put all her trust in that person. And she said to all the vendors, this is the date that we're going to happen. Uh, I already have financial backup. Let's go ahead and start doing everything that we need to do. So she talked to the vendors. They signed contracts. She did everything. And then the person with the dream machine or the dream tour said, uh, let's meet on Sunday so we can have like a big uh, uh, party with other people that have other dreams, and I will give you the funds then. So she went on Sunday. She talked to this person, and this is what happened. The person said, Erica, I'm sorry, but I won't be able to make it happen. I won't be able to contribute to your dream. She put all of her trust in this person. And she even set up everything, all the vendors, all the contracts, everything. And now she didn't have that, the financial backup. And now she had all the responsibilities because she put all her trust in this person. For that person, it might be easier to say no, but she still has everything all the responsibilities on her shoulders. This is what happens when we put our trust in people instead of in God. We need to put our faith in God, our hope, and maybe He will use different people to help us. But instead of having the trust in the people, let's trust in God that He will provide. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Um, the, the, the next thing that Jesus answered to the disciple, we're going to find it in Luke 21.9. And he says the following. Luke 21.9. He says, And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place but the end will not be at once. So what Jesus is telling, telling them is, do not be afraid. And I don't know if you are like me, but I have to watch the amount of news that I watch every day. I have to limit that amount. Because if I find myself watching too much news... I'm going to start getting afraid. <laughs> I have to be informed of what is going on, but I have to limit <laughs> what, what, what I watch and everything that comes my way. Let me tell you something that I think is going to help you if you go through the same thing. In, if, if in time of crisis, you start getting afraid, especially when you see everything that is going on and all the different issues. Um, when all this happened, I can imagine God in the heavens, especially when the coronavirus started. And I don't think God at that moment was afraid. I mean, it's, it's not like he was in the heavens and he was saying, Oh no, what am I going to do now the coronavirus and it's going to put a stop in everything that we're doing. And now I won't be able to do all the purposes that I have in the people. And now people won't be able to even go to the church because we're going to be in quarantine. What are we going to do? No, Jesus and God 
were not that way. <clears throat> he knew exactly what it was going to happen. He knew everything that we're going through as a nation, as the whole humanity, and especially he knew what was going to go or, or go through you in your life, what was going to happen in your life personally. He knows everything from beginning to end. So this season didn't uh, cut God by surprise. So the question is, if it, if it wasn't a surprise for God, and he still allowed everything that has happened to happen, why? Why did he allow that? It's because he has a purpose for everything. In his word, we can also find that all things work together for good for everybody that loves him. So we have to understand as a Christians that if God allowed this season, everything that is going on on your life, if he allowed it to happen, and if he's telling us that everything works for good, we have to trust God and know that even during this season, God still is God. And he still is in control of everything that is going on around your life. And he still wants everything to work out for good. So if we understand that, then what we need to do next is, okay, God, what do you have for me during this season? And we need to align with the purposes of God to be able to be in the same page and to be able to whatever he has for us to accomplish it in our lives. He has purpose for you in this season. This is one of the things that I believe God is telling us to do, especially with the quarantine and everything that is happening. Think about your life before coronavirus. Think about how was your life. Let me tell you how was mine. The pace of my life was crazy. This is when I had my kids, that they were a little bit smaller. This is what I was doing in a regular basis. I will wake up really early because my kids, they have trouble waking up. So I will wake up really early and go to them and wake them up and say, hey, guys, we need to wake up. We need to get ready because we need to go to school. And then they will start taking the time and I will have to go back to the room and say, hey, kids, wake up. It's time to take a shower and take some breakfast. And then we'll be, you know, a little bit late and I will be behind them. Hey, guys, we need to hurry up. And they will take their breakfast really fast. Then we will go to, sorry, we will go to the car and then we will get into the car and drive really fast because we were going really late to the school and drop them in school. And after that, I realized that I was late for my work, so I will get again into my car and run all the way and rush all the time to be able to get to work. And once I get to work, there were so many things that we had to worry and so many urgent things that we need to do. And then we have to work on those areas and the time will fly really quick and then it will be time to pick up my kids and I will say, oh no, 
They are already out of school. I need to go and pick them up, and I will get into my car again, go really quick to the school. They will be waiting in the school, mad because I was late. Then I will have to rush back, um, and then I will have to either take them to a soccer practice or maybe go to a dance class or do different activities. And our lives, the pace of our life was so, so heavy in us that at the end of the day, when we go to bed, we will do... And then we will do all over it again the same day. And things that we were doing... It was basically the most important thing that was next. That's the things that we were doing. And I don't know if you are like me, but for example, if I, have, I have two different tasks. Let's say I have one that is due by the end of the day today and one that is due by noon tomorrow. What I will do is I will do the task that is most important. I will do the task, the task that is due that day. And then I will worry about tomorrow <laughs> for the task that is due tomorrow. Because the Bible says that every day has their own hurry. <laughs> uh, so I will do the things that is most important at that time. But let me challenge your thoughts right now. Because sometimes we, um, we act and we do things not because they are the most important thing but because they are the most urgent. Meaning, the things that we do, we do it because it's due. Because that's the next priority that we have. That's the urgent thing that we need to do before we do the next thing. But the next urgent task might not be the most important task. I think during this season... God is allowing us to concentrate on the most important thing. And in our lives as a Christians, the most important thing has to be God. There is nothing else that is most important. The relationship that we have with God has to be priority number one. It has to be the most important thing. Everything else is second. That's why whatever you do, you have to trust God first. The Bible says that we need to look for God early. Now, you can take it two ways. Early in the morning and start having a devotional, but also early in every situation. We have a tendency to do things, and then when, the, when they don't happen the way that we expected, and we are in trouble, we start looking for God. When God says, start looking for me early in every situation. If you have God as the most important thing, as the number one, everything else that you do, you're going to trust God that he's going to help you. And then you're going to invite him in that situation. If we do that, we're going to avoid so many problems. I'm telling you, we're going to avoid so many problems and we're going to be able to avoid so many circumstances that are not going to be good for you. So uh, let's start making God the most important thing in our lives. He has allowed this time. He has put a stop in all the, the busyness of life. 
He, he wants to reduce the pace of your life. And he's going to give us an opportunity to meditate, to think, okay, what is the most important thing? Is it work? <laughs> A virus stop the work <laughs> throughout the world. Is it maybe your house? We're going through different um, situations right now with all the fires in the Bay Area. A long time ago, I also lost my house in a fire. And that's when I realized that material things are not the most important thing. God needs to be that thing that is most important in our life. Okay, let's continue to see what, what else God responded. These first three things is Jesus telling their disciples, these are the three things that I want you not to do. Now let's say what he wants us to do. Look what it says in Luke 21, verse 13. It says, This will be your opportunity to bear witness. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. In the time of crisis, we have to be um, Jesus' witnesses. Because that's when people are more desperate and that's where people are going to start looking to you and they're going to see something special in you. That even during crisis, you're trusting God in every situation. And they're going to say, I want what these people have. Now, the next portion, the next part in the verse, what it says is, um, you don't have it on your screen, but it says, do not be afraid of what you need to say. So what basically God is telling us is, you be my witness and don't worry about everything else. Because remember, guys, God is living in us. And if we allow him to direct our steps, he's going to tell us exactly what we need to say. And we don't have to worry about those things. So I believe that before we start telling people to change their lives, before we are uh, examples or we are to be witnesses of Jesus, we first need to be disciples. We need to follow God in our heart. We need to have this relationship with God. Because you know what? Being a witness is exactly that. It's testifying what you're living uh, or, or what you were able to experience or are experiencing right now. And if we don't have a relationship with God, we cannot be a witness of Him. So let's concentrate on being a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. And then everything else will take uh, care of themselves. God is going to provide you everything that you need at the time that you need to be witness to another person. Just by living out a life that is trusting God in every situation, just by living out a relationship with God, then you're going to be able to be witness to other people. You want to know how you're being a witness right now? Ask your wife. Ask your kids. Because we can put one face in the church. But when we are at home, how are we living? 
How is our relationship with God when we are at home? So if you want real honesty, ask your kids. They're going to tell you. And then you're going to know if you need to improve in this area, uh, which I imagine all of us need to improve in this area. We need to start getting closer to God. We need to spend more time with Him. And we need to be disciples of Him. Not only people that look for God, but start putting into action uh, the things that He's telling us to do. That's how you are a disciple. You have a humble heart and you allow God to shape your life and to be able to uh, allow Him to tell you what you need to do next and go ahead and do it. So Jesus is telling us to be His witness. Now, the last thing, you're going to see a portion where from verse 13 all the way up to verse 27, Jesus is going to start telling His disciples different signs that they're going to be able to see. Not only uh, different words words, or or different um, natural things that are going to happen, like, for example, earthquakes or things of this nature, but he also is going to tell very specific things that is going to happen, for example, in the sky with the heavens. And he's going to give like a sneak preview of the things that are going to happen. But remember, guys, let's concentrate on what God wants us to do right now. Um, and don't worry about those things so much. It's like, for example, remember when we used to go to the movies, to the theater? Uh, before the movie, they will show you sneak previews. It's exactly the same thing that Jesus is telling us right now. He's giving us like a sneak preview of the things that are going to happen. But um, don't obsess over that one. Because you know what? He's not showing you the whole movie. And you might miss thir- certain things just because you're looking on the signs. So let's concentrate on what God is telling us to do in this season so we can be prepared no matter what, no matter if it's right now, the end of times, or if it's going to be later. So I want you to watch the next verse, which is really close to my heart. And this is one that I want you to take very to your heart as well. Pay close attention to what it says on Luke 21, 28. Luke 21, 28. It says the following. Now, when, they, when these things begin to take place, I want you to call attention to that. Don't wait until everything happens in the skies. Remember what it says. It says, when these things begin to take place, I certainly think that some of these things that maybe Jesus was referring to were starting to experience it. So the next thing that he's going to say is something that we need to put into action right now. He says, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Look what he says, straight up and raise your heads. So what God is telling us is look up. Look up. Now, he's not saying look up to the signs. He's saying look up because who is, who, the person that is in control is in the heavens. Is our God. 
So take courage, straighten up, do not be afraid, but instead look up to the heavens and know that God is still in control. And that's the same thing that I'm telling you guys right now. I want you to look up and your face, your eyes to be looking at God and know that He's in control of the whole situation. I don't know if this is the season that everything is going to end or it's going to be just the beginning or it's going to be later in so many years after today. But what I do know is it doesn't matter what the situation is. We always have to keep our face looking to God, looking to Jesus. Remember what Peter went through? He was in shaking ground. Actually, he was walking in water. And he, has, he had his eyes fixed on Jesus' face. And then all the winds, all the trouble, all the crisis, all the coronavirus start to happen at, at that moment. And then he started looking around. He started concentrating on the crisis and started concentrating on the things that were happening around him. And he took his eyes of Jesus' face and he started to go down. But look what God did. He stretched out, grabbed his hand, and pulled him again. Re guys, I remember when my kids were, were uh, little. We used to go to a lot of camping trips. And we loved to go through different trails. But I remember something very vividly, like it was yesterday. Whenever we go into one of these uh, trips, um, and the, 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 the way, the walk, start getting very difficult because of the trees that were down or because the path was no longer there. I remember that they always come back to us and they will reach and grab the hand of mom and dad because it was getting difficult to walk. And they didn't want to stumble. They didn't want to fell down. So they will go to mom and dad and they will grab their hands. That's exactly what I'm telling you right now. During this season, when crisis comes your way, let's look up. Look up to God. Let's grab his hand and walk in a way that you can be confident that he has great care of you. That he has you by, your, by his hand and that he's not going to allow you to stumble. If we do that, we're going to have the confidence and we're going to be able to walk straight. We're going to be able to walk through the difficult terrain. We're going to be able to live our lives not worrying about so much of what is going on, but instead knowing that God is in control. Knowing that he's the rock of our lives and we can stand on that rock and we know for sure that we can have peace in the situation regardless of what is going on. Peace. Peace is what we can feel when the situation is really bad around us, but we can still trust in God and know that he has us. So let's look up to God. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Him. Now, let me give you two quick things that you can do practically 
uh, that is going to help you with this that I'm telling you. Number one, this season is a great time if you are not already to start a devotional. Maybe you used to do it and you stopped doing it. Now it's a great time to do a devotional once again. If you've never done it, this is the great time because there is no excuses. The pace of, of life has slowed down. I encourage you to start a devotional and spending more time with God. We cannot have any relationship in, in life unless we spend time with that person that we want to have the relationship. It's the same with God. We cannot have a relationship with Him unless we start spending more time. If you've never done a devotional, even if you don't even have a Bible, just come by the church, just let us know, and we'll give you one for free of charge. <laughs> uh, but don't take excuses right now. There is no excuses. You have the time right now. Let's start a devotional. And I suggest you do it early in the morning so you can put the whole day, everything that is going to happen in God's hands. That's number one. Let's start a devotional. Number two is start trusting God in everything. Sometimes we trust God in a few things, but there are some areas in our lives that we haven't trusted Him. Maybe it's the financial part. And you probably heard the video in the beginning of, um, of the service that next month we're going to start a financial uh, classes that is going to help you. Put everything in, the God, in God's hands. Maybe it's a school because you're going through a difficult time. Maybe if you're going to a university, everything is now on hold. Um, maybe your family. Maybe things that you're doing that you know are not um, putting a smile in God's face. So everything that we do, let's start trusting God. Search Him early in every situation. And as, as we do that, that's going to help you to start trusting Him more and have the confidence. And you're going to be able to experience what God can do in your life. I want to close by saying this. Everything that I do, I always want to please God. I know he doesn't have a text. I know I cannot reach him with text. But sometimes I imagine that he can reply to me with emojis. <laughs> For example, if I do something, will he have a smiley face as I'm doing it? Or will he go like this <laughs> as I'm doing it? Will he be uh, really proud of the things that you're doing? Or you should do things different. Think about that. And everything that you do, as the Bible says, do it like if you're do doing it to God. Do it for his glory. It doesn't matter if it's at work. It doesn't matter if it's at, at your family. It doesn't matter in your own personal life. Everything do do to glorify him that is on the heavens. And I know your, your life is going to change forever. And your days will not be the same. I want to close with a prayer for each one of you. So if you can join me. Father, thank you. 
thank you for your word. Because in the midst of everything that we're going through, we can find peace, refuge, and guidance to be able to continue living our lives the way that you want us. Give us the strength. Give us the courage to change those things that are not good in our lives. Allow us to get closer to you. Allow us to look more for you in the words of your uh, word in the Bible to be able to start following you everything that you do. Allow us to really concentrate not on the signs, but concentrate on how we should act during crisis or even if we don't have any crisis going on. Allow us to trust us, to trust you in everything that we do. I want to pray for every person that is right now watching this video so you can bless them, you can really bring peace to their hearts, and you can be their God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.